I don't know, I think, I think the Diet Pepsi helps my voice in my singing career here. Yes, I have Diet Pepsi to thank or to blame. You picked that one. Hello, friends. I am your humble host here for another edition of Sounds Like Radio. Today we're going to be listening to a program from May 25th, 1949. And in this show, well, it's kind of difficult because Gildersleeve has finally had it enough with his neighbor, Mr. Bullard. I don't know what Mr. Bullard does in this particular program to finally push Gildersleeve over the edge, but something does it. And Gildersleeve decides... This is war, and he's going to sue that old Bullard. Yeah, he's suing Bullard, his neighbor. Now, that ain't no neighborly way to act, if you ask me, but, well, Gildersleeve, like I say, he's had enough. Now, maybe, maybe Gildersleeve now wouldn't be so sue happy if he just went outside and felt the sun shining down and the, the breeze blowing on his hot-tempered face, and that wayward wind just making him feel at ease. Gogi Grant, she likes the wayward wind, and so do I when Gogi Grant sings it. Here she is, Gogi, take it away. Wayward wind. 
Touches they put in that song. The Wayward Wind, Gogi Grant's big hit for Gogi. How would you like a name like that? I like it. Gogi. Sounds kind of unusual. If I had a kid, maybe I maybe I'd name her Gogi. Kinda need to have a kid named Gogi. Say, Gogi, go out and fetch me a, a Pepsi. <laughs> and she'd give me and bring me a nice diet Pepsi, and I'd say, Gogi, go out and get me my favorite beverage. She said, what's that, Daddy? I'd say, you know, the Diet Cherry Coke. Oh, she loves it, too. So she'd take a few sips, and then Gogi, little Gogi, her nat last name would be Host. Little Gogi Host would bring me <laughs> my favorite Diet Cherry Pepsi. Oh, I'm dreaming here, friends. Sometimes I, I like to let my mind drift. Well, now, in tonight's great Gildersleeve, yes, yes, from uh, May 25th, 49, by the way, he, the great Gildersleeve himself, will be singing a song for you in tonight's program. And, well, he's going to sing this song, but I think Bing Crosby sings it a lot better. You're going to hear now our house singer singing the song Gildy will sing later on. Take it, Bing. Lest you and I come to grips, I think I shall gather up the rhythm airs and go cruising down the river on the good ship John Scott Trotter. Scamper up the gangplank, kid. <laughs> Cruising down the river on a Sunday afternoon With one you love, the sun above, waiting for the moon The old accordion playing a sentimental tune Cruising down the river on a Sunday afternoon The birds above all sing of love a gentle, sweet refrain The winds around all make a sound Like softly falling rain Just two of us together We'll plan a honeymoon Cruising down the river On a Sunday afternoon The birds above all sing of love A gentle, sweet refrain We'll plan a honeymoon Cruising down the river On a Sunday afternoon Cruising down the river On a Sunday afternoon Oh my, oh thank you Oh I always love my applause Thank you friends, thank you ever so much Oh, you're too kind, really. Cruising down the river is just about my idea of the perfect way to spend a Sunday afternoon. Oh, well, probably, Ken, but of course, right at this time of the year, I'd appreciate it if there was a baseball diamond on the riverboat. Naturally. Cruising down the river watching a nice ball game, now that'd be something. Oh, well, there's a little little dialogue between uh, Bing Crosby and our announcer, Ken Carpenter, here on Sounds Like Radio. It's a crazy kind of show tonight, ain't it? <laughs> yeah. All right, friends, you know, cruising down the river is fine. You're going to hear Gildersleeve singing that very song later on. 
But, uh, you know, Bullard, if he heard Gildersleeve singing, uh, cruising down that river, he'd turn to Gildersleeve and say, you know, waving his fist, Some of these days, Gildy, I'm going to get even. Just like Sophie Tucker. She's thinking about getting even. Well, she's not going to get even. She just realizes one day, oh, she's going to be missed. Two sweethearts coded happily for quite a while. Mid-simple life of country folk. The laddie told the girlie he must go away. And her little heart with grief most broke. She said, you know I love you, honey. I love you best of all. You darling, don't go away. Just as he went to go, it grieved the girly's soul. These words he heard her say, some of these days, you'll miss me, honey. Some of these days, you'll be so lonely. You'll miss my hugging. You're gonna miss my kissing. You're gonna miss me, honey, when I'm far away. Said I feel so lonely for you only. Cause you know, honey, you've had your way. When you leave me, you know it's gonna grieve me. Gonna miss your big fat mama, your fat mama, some of these days. Sophie Tucker, she knows, she knows what's going to happen. You're going to miss her one of these days. Sophie Tucker, now that's Sophie Tucker in her prime, singing her biggest hit, I think. Yeah, that was Some of These Days from the Immortal. Sophie Tucker, one of a kind, another one of a kind, and I love one of a kind singers here on Sounds Like Radio. Well, speaking of one of a kind, 
We're going to have something a little unusual happen in tonight's great Gildersleeve because Gildersleeve is going to have a special singing star as his guest uh, in tonight's show. Yeah, normally you don't hear singers come on the Gildersleeve program, but tonight you will. A special guest star who is a lady, and uh, I've already given you one hint as to who it's going to be, by the way, and perhaps this hint will give it away. Uh, Does the song Wheel of Fortune mean anything? Yeah. Well, uh, this star lady, she ain't going to sing Wheel of Fortune in tonight's Gildersleeve show, but she's going to sing a song, and you're going to hear it a little later on tonight's May 25th, 1949, Great Gildersleeve right here on Sounds Like Radio. Foods Company presents Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve. It tastes so good. In those four words, you have the big reason why millions of American women prefer all-purpose parquet margarine made by Kraft. For spread, for seasoning, for shortening, it tastes so good. Yes, as a spread, parquet margarine tastes so good on bread, toast, rolls, hotcakes, waffles. As a seasoning... Parquet margarine tastes so good on mashed potatoes, hot-cooked vegetables, and casserole dishes. As a shortening, parquet margarine adds its own delicate goodness to everything you bake or fry. And parquet margarine, made from selected products of American farms, enriched by 15,000 units of vitamin A to every pound, costs much less than the most expensive spreads. So, ask today for parquet. For spreads. Seasoning for shortening. It tastes so good. And remember, in states where the law permits, you can now buy parquet margarine in handy quarter pound sticks already colored a rich golden yellow and ready to serve. That's parquet, P A R K A Y, parquet margarine made by Kraft. And now, the great Gildersleeve with his special guest, K Star. Well, it's late afternoon in Summerfield, about the time tired businessmen come home from work. The great Gildersleeve is approaching his driveway in his 1936 sedan. From the opposite direction, his wealthy neighbor, Mr. Bullard, is aiming his new straight eight at his own driveway directly across the street. Somebody should stop. Well, guess I will. No harm in being polite when the other car has a bigger bumper. Well, he's stopping, too. Since when has he started being polite to me? He's usually calling me names. And I don't mean water commissioner. Go ahead, Mr. Bullard. <laughs> After you, Gildersleeve. Oh, no, I stopped first. Thank you, but go ahead. Uh, thank you, but you go first. <laughs> 
You pay more taxes than I do. <laughs> Move on, will you? You're tying up traffic. But I'm just trying to be polite. You're being a nincompoop. Oh. And you don't have to try. Mm-hmm. No, Bullard. Well, if you won't move, I will. Nincompoop. Oh. Someday I'll cut off his water. <laughs> Uh, hello, Marjorie. I see you and Mr. Bullard are having words again. How long are you going to let him bully you? Well, my dear, I don't like to cause trouble. Uh, uh, Bullard and I may not be the best of friends, but Leroy has to have somebody to play with. And he gets along so well with little Craig. Leroy! What's the matter? He hit me in the nose and the dirty guy! <laughs> Who hit you? Craig Bullard? Over oh, How could little Craig hit a big boy like you? He can't even reach up to your nose. Hit me with a yo-yo! <laughs> yo-yo? Oh, my goodness. I'll go get the ice pack again, Leroy. Stop crying, Leroy. I'm sure Craig didn't mean to hit you with his yo-yo. He did, too. He swung it around and hit me on purpose, the dirty guy. Right after I pushed him down. Oh. <laughs> so you started it. No, I didn't. He called you a name first. Me? What was it, Leroy? Well, was some name his father called you. Which one? I mean... <laughs> what did he call me? Well, he said you were a big, fat nincompoop. <laughs> now he's put fat in it. <laughs> this thing has gone far enough. I'm going right over to Bullard's and have it out with him. Oh, boy, can I go along and watch you sock him in the nose? Uh, no, Leroy, you stay right here. Yes, sir. I can be pushed just too far. Imagine that Bullard calling me a big nincompoop. He's pretty big himself. Uh, say, he is pretty big. Well, perhaps I shouldn't be too hasty. Forgive and forget. The test of a real man is whether or not he can get along with his neighbors. Sure. No use being a hothead about this. I'll go back home and force myself to cool off. I'll take a shower. But if it ever happens again... Hey, you! What? Oh, Craig. What are you doing on our new one, you big nincompoop? Oh, boy. I'm going to tell my father. You don't have to tell your father anything. I'm going to tell him a thing or two. The idea, by George, this is a showdown. Bullard, I want to talk to you. Oh, what about? Well, you see... Yeah, he's swinging a golf club. <laughs> well, uh... You see, that is... Well, come to the point, Gildersleeve. I'm busy putting on the carpet. Well, I hate to interrupt you with that club in your hand. <laughs> Gildersleeve, why did you knock on the door? Well, I had a little something to discuss with you. Oh, well, step inside. Oh, no, we can talk about it later. We'll talk about it now. Step inside. Well, after you, Mr. Bullard. No, 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 after you. Go right ahead. I insist. Gildersleeve, go on in. Don't be a nincompoop. <laughs> Bullard, that's what I want to talk to you about. Oh? If you don't stop calling me names, I'll... I'll... You what? Well, I'll sue you. Sue me? You wouldn't dare. Oh, yes, I would. I'll sue you for defamation of character. I'll have you know that I'm no nincompoop. Prove it. Well, then... (laughs) Well, don't worry. I will in a court of law. Gildersleeve, you're afraid to sue me. That's what you think. Just wait till you see the headlines in the morning paper. Oh, what'll they say? Prominent businessman sued by nincompoop? Oh! <laughs> that does it. Now I will sue. 
Ladies and gentlemen, throughout the season, we've had a lot of requests for the great Gildersleeve to sing more. I don't want to. I'm mad that Bullard calling me a nincompoop. <laughs> While you're figuring out a way to send Mr. Bullard up the river, how about singing Cruising Down the River? Well, all right. Cruising down the river on a Sunday afternoon with one you love the sun above waiting for the moon the old accordion playing a sentimental tune cruising down the river on a Sunday afternoon the birds above all sing of love a gentle sweet refrain the winds around all make a sound like softly falling rain. Just two of us together, we'll plan a honeymoon. Cruising down the river on a Sunday afternoon. Gentle, sweet refrain The winds around all make a sound Like gently falling rain Two of us together We'll plan a honeymoon Cruising down the river On a Sunday for calling me a nincompoop, eh? <laughs> Look at these headlines, Marjorie. Prominent businessman sued by water commissioner. <laughs> Auntie. Yes, my dear? I'm proud of you for standing up to Mr. Bullard, but do you think you should have sued him? Well, I should have done it long ago. He's been asking for it. But the paper says he's hired an expensive lawyer from Philadelphia. Don't worry. I've sent for Judge Hooker. In this town, a Philadelphia lawyer doesn't stand a chance against a lawyer like Hooker. Hooker is the Clarence Darrow of Summerfield. Yes, there he is now. Well, come on in, Clarence. Yeah, I mean, Horace. Thank you, Gilda. Judge, while you were out of town, I got a big load off my chest. I didn't think the load was on your chest, Gildy. I thought it was further down. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny, Judge. Here, take a look at this newspaper. <clears throat> big headline. Gildy, are you really suing somebody? You bet. Rumson Bullard. 
He called me a name once too often. Oh? I'm suing him for defamation of character. But, Gildy, you don't have a chance. Bullard has an expensive lawyer. So what? I have you. You're not expensive, but you're good in front of a local jury. Gildy? I can see you now. Friends and neighbors, I've never seen a jury composed of such fair ladies and intelligent men. Are you taking notes, Judge? Gildy, I have news for you. What? I can't be your lawyer. Huh? I just noticed the date of the trial. I serve on the bench that week. You do? As a matter of fact, I'll be trying your case. <laughs> you will? Well, say, what am I worrying about? What? Judge, old friend, how'd you like to stay for dinner? We'll have everything you like. Roast beef, corn on the cob, or how about fricasseed chicken? You can chew that better. Gildy, are you trying to bribe me? Bribe you? No. If you want my advice, you'll contact Rumson Bullard and call off the suit. Get out of it the best way you can. I can't do that. Very well. But the minute I put on my black robe, I'll be forced to try this case as if I never saw you before. But Horace... What did you say your name was, sir? <laughs> oh, goodbye, you old goat. I guess the judge is right. I'd better phone Bullard and call the whole thing off. Without the judge, I'd never beat Bullard and his big Philadelphia lawyer. Probably wouldn't beat him anyway. Hooker isn't so hot. Yes? Uh, Mr. Bullard? Yes? Uh, this is your neighbor, Mr. Gildersleeve. The man who was going to sue you. <laughs> What's this? I've just decided to call off the suit. I forgive you. Gildersleeve, I dare you to forgive me. What? This is the best thing you ever did for me. It's wonderful publicity. And you should see the big bets I have with my club members. Big bets? Yes, I'm betting that in court I'll beat your socks off. At, and, but, Mr. Bullard, perhaps you don't understand. I don't want to sue you anymore. Gildersleeve, if you drop your suit, I'll sue you. Huh? For every penny you've got. <laughs> I guess I'm going to sue. <laughs> Mr. Gildersleeve, Mr. Wald here. Mr. Wald? Yes. Yes, I thought you'd be interested in seeing how we're putting up parquet margarine now, Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh, well, I'm always interested in parquet. I'm pretty crafty about that. <laughs> well, in many states, parquet is available in these handy yellow quarter-pound sticks. Oh, yeah. And I can't wait to try it on the rolls I got in the oven, because parquet tastes so good. Of course, Mr. Gildersleeve, you can still get the white parquet at the old economy price. Well, the economy price appeals to me. Bullard just threatened to sue me for every penny I've got. Well, when pennies count, there's one nice thing about parquet. Oh? It costs only about half as much as the most expensive spread. That's right, Mr. Gillsleeve. So no matter how the lawsuit comes out, you don't have to worry about having something to eat. What? Not as long as Bertie's got rolls in the oven and parquet in the cooler. Yeah, please, Bertie. <laughs> no, sir, Mr. Gillsleeve, you don't have to worry. Not as long as Bertie's got rolls in the oven and parquet in the cooler. Bertie, I'm not worried. Well, don't, Mr. Gillsleeve. You know why you don't have to worry? Yes, Bertie. That's right, because Bertie's got rolls in the oven and parquet in the cooler. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. P-A-R-K-A-Y, parquet margarine made by Kraft. Uh, say, Bertie and John Wald are pretty good. I wonder if they could plead my case. No. Hey, Commish, you want a close shave? 
Are you going to wait till Bullet gets you into court? <laughs> Floyd, I'd rather not talk about it. Oh, yeah? What you so nervous about? You're harder to shave today than a bowl of jelly. Well, what am I going to do, Floyd? I can't afford an expensive lawyer like Bullard's heavy. Well, I can tell you how to lick that, Commission. Oh? Play smart. Don't have a lawyer. Floyd, are you crazy? Do I look it? I won't answer that. <laughs> now, you listen to little Floydy. The way to beat an expensive lawyer is to humble yourself. Plead your own case. Yeah, you're crazy. Oh, yeah? Well, you think it over, Commish. The jury's a sucker for the underdog. Well, that's me. Sure, I'll bet if you hobbled out in front of that jury with your arm in a sling... What? ...painted some bruises on your legs, ripped your clothes... Floyd, he only called me a name. Oh, yeah? What did Bullard call you, Commish? Well, he called me a nincompoop. Oh. You're not, are you? Of course not. <laughs> well, then you got the case in the bag, Commish. All you got to do is get some character witnesses to prove it. Well... You got plenty of friends in town who go to bat for you. Well, that's true. So why do you need a lawyer? Why, George Floyd, I don't. I'll plead my own case. Atta boy, Commish. And Floyd, I'll call on you to be my star character witness. Me? Oh, you better not count on me, Commish. Why not? Well, when it comes to testifying against a heavy tipper like Mr. Bullard, I ain't got much character. Yep. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, I've got friends who'll testify. Uh, I thought I could get witnesses to testify for me. I never saw so many good friends with so many bad excuses. Well, all I need is one good witness, and I know somebody who won't let me down. Hello, P.V. Well, hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. What can I do for you? <laughs> P.V., you and I have been good friends for a long time. Well, we've known each other for a long time. You bet. And you know I'd do anything in the world you ask me to. I'm not asking you to do anything. <laughs> but I'd do it, P.V. I'm not asking you to. I know that, but I'd help you if you were in trouble. I'm not in trouble. No, Peavy, but if you were... But I'm not. Over and goodness. What are you trying to do, Mr. Gildersleeve? Get me into trouble? Yep. All right, Peavy, I'll lay my cards on the table. I'm the one who's in trouble. You don't say. Yes, Peavy, I'm pleading my own case against Bullard, and I need a good character witness. And I always try to keep out of the courts myself. But I want you to be my witness. Well, thank you for the invitation, Mr. Gildersleeve, but I, I may be out of town. Oh? What day are you going out of town? Well, what day is your trial? <laughs> Peavy, I'll see you in court. I'm going to have you subpoenaed. How's that? You'll find out. Tonight, we welcome a very pretty alumnus back to Summerfield. A lot of you heard her for the first time a couple of years ago on our summer program, and we're mighty proud of the name she's made for herself since then. Here she is, one of the country's top vocalists, Miss Kay Starr. Why, Gildy, you're so sweet. <laughs> Kay's going to sing one of her newest record hits, How It Lies. <laughs> If you think candy's sweet, there's a guy you ought to meet. 
Sugar drips from his lips when he sighs But that love lights the light Within my baby's eyes How it lies, how it lies, how it lies He has style, he has charm And a pair of loving arms That I'm dying to try on for sight But that love lights the light comes up tomorrow. At least I've got one character witness. Good old Peavy. <laughs> Better practice my appeal to the jury. Well, let's see. I'll let my bookcase be the jury, and that old hat rack can be Judge Hooker. <laughs> Your Honor, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, in rebuttal, I wish to state... What are you doing, Unc? Leroy, I'm polishing my rebuttal. What? I'm, pre- <laughs> I'm preparing my case. What a character. Uh. Your Honor and ladies and gentlemen of the jury, in my rebuttal, I promise you that I won't be wordy. You call me Miss Gilsey? No, Birdie. I thought you said Birdie. I said wordy. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'll never get ready for that trial. First Circuit Court of Summerfield County is now in session. Judge Horace Hooker presiding. Yeah, look at Bullard's big lawyer glaring at me. He may be from Philadelphia, but that's no brotherly love. Order in the court, please. The case of Gildersleeve versus Bullard. The plaintiff will step forward and present his case. Plaintiff. Ooh, that's me. <laughs> yeah, thank you. 
Your Honor, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I have never seen a jury composed of such beautiful ladies and intelligent-looking young men. I object. What? Oh, Bullard's lawyer. Yes, Mr. Johnstone? Mr. Gildersleeve is trying to sway the jury by flattery. Now see here, Johnstone. Objection sustained. But Horace... Stick to the facts, Gilday. Look at him on that bench. Looks like an old goat on top of a barn. <laughs> the plaintiff will proceed with his case. Uh, thank you, Your Honor. Uh, will Mr. Richard Peavy please take the stand? Yeah. Raise your right hand. Yeah. You swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? How's that? <laughs> Sit down, Peavy. <laughs> Your Honor... Through the testimony of Mr. Richard Peavy, a citizen of unquestioned reputation, I intend to prove that I am not an nincompoop. My, my. I further intend to prove that by being so-called, I have been sorely maligned. I object. Objection overruled. Yeah, that's a horse on you, John Stone. Yeah. <laughs> Proceed with the case. Uh, thank you, Your Honor. <laughs> Mr. Peavy, in all the years you've known me, would you say that I've been a good provider for my little family? Well, yes. Is it true that during that time I have been a law-abiding citizen? Well, yes. Is it also not true that I hold a responsible position of public trust which demands a good name and good character? Well, yes. Fine. Then you'd say that such a man could not possibly be a nincompoop. Well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Step down, Peavy. We'll call his next witness. Your Honor, I don't have any more witnesses. Peavy's the only one I had. Well, Your Honor. Yes, Mr. Johnstone? As counsel for the defense, I ask that these absurd proceedings stop and the verdict be awarded my client, Mr. Bullard. Now, just a minute, Johnstone. I may be down, but I'm not out. Quiet, Gelder. Mm. Mr. Johnstone, please state the reason for your request. Well, Your Honor, our worthy opponent, Mr. Gildersleeve, the commissioner of streets and sewers... Oh, I'm the water commissioner. Oh, I beg your pardon. Yes, yes. In presenting his case, Mr. Gildersleeve has overlooked one important detail. I have? Mr. Gildersleeve, my client challenges you to prove that he ever called you an incapoop. What? Oh. And ladies and gentlemen, if Mr. Gildersleeve can't prove it, he has no case. Why, Bullard, you know you called me an incapoop when you and I were standing on your porch. Please, please, my client cannot testify against himself. What a sneaky way to get out of this. <laughs> Try again, Mr. Gildersleeve. Why, the whole town knows I'm an incompoop. <laughs> I mean, my nephew Leroy said that Craig Bullard said that his father Your said... Your Honor, I submit that this is pure hearsay and as such is not acceptable as valid testimony. The court is obliged to so rule. But... Therefore, I ask the court to instruct the jury to bring in a verdict of not guilty. Ooh, what a slicker. <laughs> and, and the court costs be paid by Mr. Gildersleeve. Does the plaintiff have anything to say? <laughs> in all the circumstances, the bench so instructs the jury. Court is in recess. Of all the low-down, underhanded... Now, now, Gildy, be a good loser. Why don't you go over and congratulate Bullard? Well, I guess there's no use crying over spilled milk. Uh, Mr. Bullard. Yes, Gildersleeve? Congratulations, you win. I expected to. <laughs> but you did call me a nincompoop, and you know it. Well, nobody proved it. 
Oh, come on outside and have a cigar on me. Well... We'll slip out this door here. Go ahead, Gilsey. Oh, no. You go ahead. Well, you go first, Gilsey. No, 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 no. Uh, after you. For heaven's sake, man, move on. I'm just trying to be polite. Gildersleeve, you're being a nincompoop. <laughs> hey, Judge! Did you hear that? He called me a nincompoop. Bring the jury back. I win. <laughs> Greg Gildersleeve will be right back. Don't forget, you can now get yellow parquet margarine in all states where laws permit. Yes, parquet, the delicious spread with the wonderful flavor, now comes in handy quarter-pound sticks already colored a rich golden yellow. Of course, you can still buy white parquet everywhere at the low economy price. So ask today for parquet. For spread, for seasoning, for shortening. It tastes so good. That's P-A-R-K-A-Y, parquet margarine made by Kraft. And so the court decrees that the defendant, Mr. Bullard, pay in full for Mr. Gildersleeve's damaged character. Fifteen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your $15, Gildersleeve. It was worth it. Well, thank you, Mr. Bullard. And now I want to return it to you. Why? Because I want to call you a nincompoop. You nincompoop? Gildersleeve? And here's $5 more. You're also a... Oop. Good night, folks. <laughs> The Great Gildersleeve is played by Harold Perry. The show was written by Dean Stone and Jack Robinson with music by Jack Neeson. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. You'll like this pleasant, quick way of making leftovers more delicious. Just add a little craft prepared mustard and you add a lot of tank. Hidden flavors in boiled ham, sausage, most any meat pop right out. Every bite tastes better. Now you can get two kinds of craft mustard. Salad mustard, delicately spiced for those who prefer a milder flavor, and craft mustard with snappy horseradish added. Have both kinds in your pantry. Then with every meat dish, hot or cold, just add a little mustard and you'll add a lot of tang. Craft prepared mustard. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. All right, there you have it, friends, from May 25th of 1949... The Great Killers leave here on Sounds Like Radio. It's guilty. He finally decided to sue that old Bullard. <laughs> hey, how'd you like that surprise? K-Star coming on to sing, How It Lies, How It Lies, K-Star. Now, now, you see, her big hit was Wheel of Fortune. But that came along later in the 1950s. The show was before that K-Star hit came along. Uh, but she still sounds good, don't she? Yeah. I remember hearing K-Star also appear on Bing Crosby's radio show. 
She was good there, and she's good here on Sounds Like Radio. You know, when you think of K-Star, when you think of the great music we play here, why, there's just nothing in the world quite as good as that. Here is Nat King Cole. He's here to tell you all about that. If I owned a Latin's lamp, I'd make all your dreams come true. But nothing in the world could make me love you more than I do. If I owned a magic clock, then I'd keep our love brand new. But nothing in the world can make me love you more than I do. Don't ever doubt my feelings. My love is real My darling, I'm revealing Exactly how I feel If I owned a magic wand I'd wave it for no one but you Nothing in the world could make me love you more than I do. My darling, I'm revealing If I owned a magic wand, I'd wave it for no one but you. But nothing in the world could make me love you more than I do. I like that. Isn't that nice? The great Nat King Cole and nothing in the world can make us love the great Gildersleeve and our music anymore. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Ah. Oh, well, friends, uh, oh, you know, now we heard that song. It's so nice and settlesome, you know, makes you feel at ease. Uh, in, fact, in fact, it could make you want to get up and say, oh, Tweedly D. Twiddly fi, twiddly dum. Uh, uh, I want to get up and uh, have a little dance. Well, you know who else does? Georgia Gibbs. And this is a great song to dance to. Georgia Gibbs, here to sing Twiddly Dee.
that song that was georgia gibbs and tweedly d tweedly dumb uh, i hope she didn't find tonight's show dumb <laughs> uh, georgia you commenting on our show uh, i hope not speaking of commenting you know who likes to comment grandpa grandpa step on in here i invited you into tonight's show here i come here I got here and almost no place to park out there. You gotta do something about that parking. Well, I'll hand you a ticket then, Grandpa. I don't want no ticket. I just want a place to park. All right, Grandpa, we'll work on that. But, you know, the the parking lot out there, it sure ain't what I'm used to. What are you used to, Grandpa? I'm used to looking outside at the green, green valleys. Oh, them green, green valleys, they sound kind of nice. Well, they are nice, especially when you... Look outside your window of your, your little house, and there you see nothing but a green, green valley and a unicorn. Oh, wait a minute now, Grandpa. You see a unicorn outside in them green, green valleys? Well, uh, I saw one of them TV shows once, and they had a unicorn in their valley. I, I keep hoping that maybe I'll see a unicorn in my valley, and that'll make me feel real good. Well, Grandpa, now that you're talking about them green, green valleys, how about you telling us about it? Well... I'd be happy to. Let me tell you about it now. The Green, Green Valley. As soon as my grandpa's singers get going, yeah, they sound pretty good, don't they? But not bad, grandpa, for the grandpa's singers. All right, now, you hush up while I, while I tell my story. You know, I left this valley over 20 years ago and I headed out west toward Colorado. But I had a little sweetheart lived here in this valley, and somehow I never quite forgot her. Her face was just as fresh as a dew on a flower. My blonde-headed, freckle-faced little Sally. Big blue eyes and soft pink lips surrounded by the green, green valley. I walked across the mountain, swam across the rivers, so many that I couldn't keep a tally. I lived for the moment I could feast my eyes down upon the green, green valley. Home in the green, green valley. There was just one more hilltop. Then there it was, stretching out just like heaven there in front of me. I got a mighty funny feeling as I started down that hill. I wondered if anybody would remember me. Then all of a sudden, there was old Ebenezer Brown. Then I asked him where I might find my Sally. He didn't say a word, just pointed down the road to the corner of the green, green valley. I took off a running just as fast as I could, cause I know then that Sally hadn't forgotten. For this was a part of the valley we all ascended. We was going to raise our children in our garden. 
But then I stopped and I looked. There was just a little fence and a marker on the grave of Marcel. She was lying there resting, just waiting for me to come home to the green, green valley. I walked across the mountains, swam across the rivers, so many that I couldn't keep a tally. I sat down beside her and whispered, I'm home. Home to the green, green valley. Home to the green, green valley. Oh, yeah. I bet you Sally appreciated it, too, Grandpa. Well, I like to think so. I walked across the mountains, swam through the seas just to get to, to Sally there. You swam through the seas and walked across the mountain. Grandpa, you got more energy than I thought. Well, I, I guess when I'm inspired, I can do almost anything. Well, can you go beyond the sea and swim there? Where's that? Well, Bobby Darren, he can tell you where it is. Here is Bobby Darren. Oh, I like this song. Sing it, Bobby. Somewhere beyond the sea, somewhere waiting for me. My lover stands on golden sands and watches the ships that go sailing somewhere beyond the sea. She's there watching for me. If I could fly like birds on high, then straight to her arms I'd go sailing. It's far beyond the star, it's near beyond the moon. I know beyond the doubt. We'll kiss just as before Happy we'll be beyond the sea And never again I'll go sailing Just as before Happy we'll be Beyond the sea And never again I'll go sailing No more sailing So long sailing Bye-bye sailing Bye-bye, Bobby Oh, there it goes Sailing right out the dough here in the studio. 
You know, I always liked that song. Yeah, did you want to sing along with it, Grandpa? I sure did. I was real tempted. Oh, sailing beyond the sea. Well, that's not bad. You almost sound like Bobby Darren. I tried, you know. You know, I'd like to stay show. Bobby Darren sing one of my favorite songs. But I'm glad you liked it, Grandpa. And we liked having you here on this show. Yeah, let's see. You had a lot of good singers on the show. Come to think about it, you had Gogie Grant, you had my favorite singer, Bing Crosby. Oh, you had Sophie Tucker, who I used to know her. Oh, she was wild. Oh, you had Nat King Cole singing all about that world where nothing's in it. <laughs> and Gogie, no windman, that was Georgia Gibbs. She sang Twiddle Dee. Did you like that one? Well, it was a little wild for me, but I, I got to moving with it. <laughs> and then, of course, the best part of the show. What was that? When I came on and talked about the green, green valley. Well, now that was a pretty good part of the show, Grandpa. But, uh, well, it's time to close out the show, unfortunately. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, I tell you, I love to tune in to the Sounds Like Radio program here on your, on your radio show. Do you listen to it? Every week, every week, I listen to it over and over again. Really, I do. I turn it on, listen to it, then next day I'll turn it on again, listen to it. Maybe I'll hear a different show each day. You know, you got a lot of them planned up there. And, well, you know, they they pile up. <laughs> they're piling up, Grandpa. We've been doing this for a little while now. And when you do a show every week, you get a lot of shows there. A lot to choose from. Well, I'm happy, too, because I like to choose them shows. All right, Grandpa, we got to say so long for now. Until next time, I am your humble host saying so long for now. Goodbye, everybody.